What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself to start the show, and then Matty D hops in to talk about the divisional round. The Eagles are facing the Giants, the Chiefs facing the Jaguars, the Bengals and Bills in a star-studded rematch, as well as the Cowboys and the 49ers. We break it all down for you. This one was a lot of fun to record, a little unique because of a lot of moving schedules, all of that. You will hear about it on the show. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy this weekend of football. Enjoy the podcast. Fly, Eagles, fly. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Little bit of a different playoff preview this week. We have Matty D coming on to talk about the Eagles-Giants game in the divisional round. We make our picks and everything, but it is just me starting off. Little solo experience, just for a little bit, and then we bring Matty D on, just like normal. But I did want to talk about the wild card round. We'll get Matt's thoughts on when he joins us. But a wild weekend, a wild, wild card weekend to double up on words and all that good stuff. It kicked off with kind of a dud of a game. The sacrificial lamb, if you will, of the 49ers absolutely beating down on their divisional rivals, the Seattle Seahawks. Kind of to be expected, the 49ers looking like that team that we thought they were going to be defensively, offensively looked really great. And the Seahawks, you know, they fell backwards. They beat a Rams team in Week 18. They kind of gave that game away. And, you know, it's kind of what we thought they were going to be. Going forward, playing the Cowboys. We talk about it a little bit with Matt, but um, they match up really well with them. And I feel like everything that Seattle brought to the table with their wide receivers, with their running back core, Dallas obviously has better running backs with Zeke and, and Pollard, but... San Francisco just matches up so well to really neutralize a lot of the threats the Cowboys can throw at him, whether that's Dalton Schultz, who's been having a great playoffs. He had a great game on Monday night against the Bucks, But that run game, I feel like, can be neutralized by that linebacking core. And the wide receiver core, very similar to what Seattle can throw there with DK Metcalf and with Tyler Lockett and, and their different receivers. And going forward... It's just tough to see that. It's the closest line of the week, but it's going to be a really fun game. It At least it hopefully should be. But, you know, if Dallas plays a really good game, they can keep it close, but it's tough to see. I'm not going to spoil the pick. Obviously, I hate the Cowboys, so you might know where that's going, but we got to keep it moving throughout this wild card weekend. The comeback, the Jaguars pull it off against the LA Chargers. Chargers get up big. Jacksonville scores late in the second quarter and then completes the comeback at the very end of the game. The wing T came back. Dougie P faking a quarterback sneak on fourth and one. 
and handing it off to Travis Etienne in a T formation, two guys barreling through to cover for Etienne, and he sets up the game-winning kick. I mean, this has been talked about to death about how incredible this comeback was, but it really was the perfect second course into an incredible wild card weekend. The Bills escape in a game where they were turning the ball over left and right. Miami without Tua didn't necessarily have the guns. They looked like they could maybe pull off the upset, but at the end, a better Bills team outlasted them, a more complete Bills team. Then we had the Giants pulling off the upset. A Vikings team that throughout the year, and this feels like now everybody's beat this dead horse, but we knew the Vikings were frauds. We knew that Kirk Cousins couldn't do it. And as much as you want to give Kirk Cousins shit that he checked down on that fourth down play to seal the game, their defense was just horrendous. The wide receiver core for the Giants torched them, whether it was Hodgins, whether it was Slayton, and then Saquon was open to just take over the game. And that's what Saquon can do when he has that availability. Now, we talk about this a lot with the Eagles showdown with Matty D, and I know I'm teasing it a ton, but it's great breakdown, obviously, with Matty D there, bounce ideas off of and everything. It's going to be a fun game against the Giants, and hopefully the Eagles can pull it off. Seven and a half points. Big line. I'm going to spoil it now. I think it's a trap line. If you're betting this weekend, stay away from that. Probably stay away from the over at 48. Don't love that either, but I feel confident in the birds. Again, Matt and I break this down, so not going to dive into it too much more aside from the Vikings are frauds. And the Giants really came out with a solid game plan, and they can do this against the Eagles too. Again, we, we talk about this in depth in a little bit with Maddie, but they shut down Justin Jefferson so systematically. They talked about it on the broadcast. They didn't give him any room for the yards after catch. They were on him so tight that even if you, they were letting him make the catches, they weren't letting him move, and that really neutralized him as that sort of threat. And the Vikings scored. They they got the ball down the field, and they, they scored touchdowns and everything. But the Giants pull off the win, and really it was just a well-coached game. And a game where Kevin O'Connor and the Vikings now, you know, Kirk Cousins, you're getting what you get out of them. And they were able to pull off all these one-score games and all this late fourth-quarter comebacks and yada, yada, yada. But in the playoffs, when those little things make a difference, you saw what happened. They were frauds. Now, we keep it moving. The Bengals and the Ravens, what an interesting game, right? A ton of backup quarterbacks that the Ravens used throughout this year. You think maybe this is going to be an absolute blowout by Houday Nation. Already tongue-tying myself talking about this. But the Ravens kept it close. It was an AFC North classic but the Bengals pull it out. This is what we've seen them do. Their offensive line still really banged up a Ravens defense that looked good throughout the year. And they look decent on Sunday night. But the Bengals still pull it out. They have the pieces to do it. Their run game, because the offensive line has been so banged up, a little more neutralized. And, you know, that's going to be a big factor against the, the Buffalo Bills. I almost called them the Sabres. But defensively, the Bengals look better and better every week. Not going to spoil the picks on that one, but that is easily the best game of the weekend. Sunday afternoon and then Sunday evening. We talked about it a little bit. The Cowboys pulling off the quote-unquote upset over the AFC South under 500 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
a shell of them former of their former selves, them former selves. What am I saying? Bad grammar. Their former selves, the Bucks were. I got to be honest. Once the Bucks couldn't score when it was a twenty-five point game, I turned it off. It was tough to watch the Cowboys, even with the Brett Maher missing kicks and all that stuff. Where even though they scored three touchdowns, it was a two-score game and all this different stuff. It was tough to watch at times. the The Bucks just couldn't figure it out. Russell Gage was out, so that certainly didn't help Tom Brady. And they couldn't get the run game going. The Cowboys, kind of similar to the Giants, came in knowing what they had to do in a well-coached game. And it's rare you say that of Mike McCarthy in the playoffs. But they were able to pull that out. Now, can they do that in a game against the 49ers? I mentioned it before. If they come in with a solid game plan to really expose Purdy as a rookie, as Mr. Relevant, and and all that stuff, they still have to deal with Debo, they still have to deal with McCaffrey, with Kittle, all of these different guys on offense that really can attack Micah Parsons, they can attack DeMarcus Ware, they can attack Leighton Vander Esch and all of these different dudes. And really, we didn't touch on this a lot because we were running out of time with Matt. He was running around all day, you know, as the wife and kids and all that. So we, we only had him for limited time. But defensively with the Cowboys, with what Trayvon Diggs does, and we talk about him trying to jump routes like Asante Samuel and blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they have guys that can get it opened up, and you can't expect him to go out and, what, he's going to guard Brandon Ayuk and shut him down? Okay, Brandon Ayuk didn't have the greatest offensive second half of the season. He was a real boomer bust type of player, to use fantasy terms. He had a great week last week against the Seahawks, but he doesn't need to have a great week. They have so many different assets on offense to really try to neutralize a ton of these different Cowboy defenders. Now, offensively for the Cowboys, I mentioned it a little bit with the Seattle comparisons of the CD and Michael Gallup, who had a really good game on Monday night and, you know, different threats, Dalton Schultz, you know, it's very similar to, to, to how the the, 40, or the Seahawks rolled out against the 49ers. And throughout the year, Dak is certainly a better quarterback than Geno. But it's just, it's tough to see that they, that they can make this close. But it's tough to see them edging it out. It's tough to say because Dak's certainly a better quarterback than Purdy. But man, the rest of the 49ers look really good. And... You know what? I'm just excited for another weekend of awesome football. I'm going to throw it over to me and Maddie talking about the Eagles game, the Eagles-Giants, and what to expect there. We talk a little bit about the Chiefs against the Jaguars and, and the rest of the games, too. We dive in deep with the Bengals and the Bills. It was a lot of fun. Really appreciate everybody listening. But here it is, me and Maddie breaking down the rest of this weekend. All right, the legend himself has joined the show. It wouldn't be a football playoff preview without the knowledge himself. I was trying to think of the nickname we gave ourselves for uh, the, the old Thunder blog days when we were still blogging. But Mr. <laughs> Matt D is here. Matt, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Coming off of a great wild card weekend. Incredible. Just like a ton, ton of fun weekend. football. Yeah, obviously a little bit of a downer for us us Eagles fans on Monday night. But other than that, um, just so many great games too, right? Like, oh, 
I mean, yeah. So I've I've have talked about this before, but I feel like the Seahawks were the sacrificial lamb to give us just an incredible weekend of football. And it kicked off right away. I just want to hear your thoughts on the weekend or right away on Saturday night. But I want to hear your thoughts on the weekend in general, what your favorite moments were, kind of some takeaways that you with your expertise can give the audience. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw I think you saw some talent shine through. Um, you brought the Seahawks, right? Like definitely an overachieving team, lit let it halftime. But, you know, the 49ers, they are who we thought they are, right? Like a, just a talented, deep team. And they just put the pedal down um, and kind of locked it up on the Seahawks. I think you saw, you know, to be honest, the, the probably maybe the most exciting game, you could argue best game of the weekend was that comeback, the incredible comeback by the Jaguars. And I think it kind of showed you what a lot of people thought of the Chargers this year. Like, <clears throat> like parts are better than the whole. Um, and I still think Justin Herbert's a great quarterback, but you're seeing – Trevor Lawrence come of age for a team that's that's still young and has so much growth. Um, I, I think their run ends. We'll talk about that in a minute, but really exciting to see them kind of have a big uh, have a big weekend and that comeback win. It just shows you Chargers. Everyone was like, "Oh, Chargers wanting free agency," and that that doesn't mean a lot in the NFL. Um, so I thought that was really fascinating. And you know, the Giants, Viking, both of the Vikings, I don't think anyone's, it's weird, like no one's super surprised. The Vikings were kind of paper tigers all year with that lack of defense and super reliant on Justin Jefferson. And we saw a really good game, really good fundamental game out of the, the Giants. So that was, that was something that, now I think maybe the most shocking game of the weekend was how close that Buffalo Miami game was um, on their third string quarterback. Miami was gutsy performance against the Buffalo team. That quite frankly, Josh Allen has regressed so much since losing Brian Dable, who's now on the Giants and who has them in the divisional round. And I think you've seen a quarterback who is still immensely talented, but has some clear flaws that he needs to close up, the turnovers in particular, that kept a talented but undermanned Miami team in a game on the road way longer than they ever should have been and has to leave Buffalo with a bad taste in their mouth heading into a great matchup against Cincinnati Bengals who kind of what I expected, a close win over a, a, a Baltimore team on their third on their third uh, quarterback as well, second-ish, second, 2.5 quarterback, because I know Huntley played a little bit. Um, and I thought, you know, for a divisional matchup, it's kind of what I expected. And I think Cincinnati's lucky they got through that game. Um, but we knew it was going to be tight. And then, and then kind of like to wrap it up, the final game, it was almost sad to watch the Buccaneers – because Brady, I think he just, for whatever reason, this, maybe it's this year, maybe he's done, isn't making decisions fast enough and isn't making the right decisions. Doesn't want to get hit at 46. Uh, you know, I still think he's a viable quarterback, but it was tough to watch. Dallas played a great game against, I think, what really is a good Tampa defense. I think they're maybe not as good as they were two years ago, but still really good, but was kind of sad to see. And Dallas played a really great football game. Got to give him credit. Um, especially offensively. And then Micah Parsons is just a monster and, and just made Brady's life miserable. Um, but overall, I mean, it was just a, it was a great weekend and a lot of good games. But again, we look at the quarterbacks. First of all, youth is the movement. No quarterback over the age of 30 left in the playoffs. Um, and the best quarterbacks are still around, really. If you think about, if you think about your top five to six quarterbacks in the league, they're all still in the playoffs. 
Um, a few will get knocked out this week, but when you when you hear my picks, most of them are driven by the guy under center. Um, that that still is the most important position in football. Yeah, you brought up a couple good points. One that we're gonna quickly turn around on with the Giants of fundamentals, right? Of just they did such a great job, right, of containing Justin Jefferson, and we we said someone else has been having a good game, and no one else really was able to do that for the for the uh, the Vikings. And their, I mean, their defense, we, we've seen it when the Eagles played them. And we've seen it throughout other games of, you know, all the different one score games. And would that catch up? And it, it finally did. And, and in almost tremendous fashion of seeing what Kirk Cousins can do and all this. And I and know a lot of people want to dive into the, the check down. And apologies for the listeners if I'm repeating myself from before. But, you know, it just, if as much as you want to criticize that, it is also more just a credit to Brian Dable and what he was able to do with that team of, you know, almost a hodgepodge of different guys in, in figuring out what they can do. And I know I'm kind of stepping into our, our Eagles preview, but I, I want to, you know, kind of jump into both um, because, you know, we have limited time here, but it really is, you know, just a testament to them. It was, it was one that I didn't think was going to happen because of a lot of different aspects that we talked about and, and, Again, not to step on the toes of the Eagles game, but you know Hodges had an incredible game. Slayton had a really good game, and obviously Saquon was able to take advantage of that. Right, that they were able to get the ball in the air, and it opened the game up for Saquon. His first touchdown. I said it to Emily when we were watching. It was a thirty-yard touchdown. It looked like it was a five-yard touchdown. That's just when he's at full speed. That's how quick and how easy he makes it look. And you know that that was one of the biggest takeaways. Uh, the Buffalo Miami just to give my thought to you. Yeah, it was close. You've seen Josh Allen make a lot of dumb mistakes throughout the year. And I don't know if I'd go as far to say like a full regression. This is, you know, when I hear that word, I think, you know, Carson Wentz post 2017, at least in the Eagles mind of me, or what we've seen out of Brady in the last couple weeks at, at times, you know, right? Like this week was a little tougher just because his offensive line, I think would just let him down and Dallas really put the pedal to the metal and, and came in with a really good fundamental plan, right? Um, but in terms of Josh Allen versus, versus the Bengals, again, not to repeat myself, it, it is something of, you think when he makes these mistakes, like when he did against Minnesota, he was able to rebound from that enough and he was hurt in the Minnesota game and all that. So it's, it'll be interesting to see where that comes from. But then you look at the Bengals and you're right of a good defensive team in Baltimore and just seeing how they were able to overcome that. Just, uh, not Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase had a really good game in that regard. The run game is what concerns me with Cincinnati, right? Of so, so much that we saw when they really came out of that slide they started the season in was built on the Mixon, Perrine, how the fuck you pronounce the last name, them really getting it going. And I know Mixon missed a couple games, but really that was... P. Ryan, P. Ryan, thank you. Sam G. P. Yeah, thank you. Again, you don't listen to me for my pronunciations of people's name, Matt DiStefano. Um, that's an old <laughs> Lehigh joke, but uh, you're fine. But um, yeah, but anyway, but that was where a lot of their offense was able to open things up, kind of like what you saw the reverse with the Giants. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see some of these games. And I know I'm not talking about Cincinnati, uh, Kansas City, Jacksonville, and, but you know we'll we'll get into that with picks. But this Eagles Giants game. We're having you on specifically for the Eagles Giants because your time is limited this week. A rematch from a couple weeks ago. Jalen Hurts, obviously, he played. 
but it was kind of the you know ghost offense that they showed there. The Giants didn't play anybody. They didn't have Daniel Jones. They didn't have Saquon. The Eagles come in not with the biggest spread, but the second biggest at seven and a half points. Over under set at forty eight. Matt, we talked about this with the Dallas Bucks game with the trends of every other year it had been that Brady won a Super Bowl and that he'd never lost the Cowboys and the Cowboys with the four straight wins and then losses and all that. The Cowboys are now on their way to these four straight wins that would result in the Super Bowl. Coming into this, the Giants are six and zero against one seeds, but they also have not won in Philadelphia in a very long time. So a streak is going to end. What are your thoughts coming into this game? Well, you can't take them lightly. They're a divisional opponent. We've played them twice. I, you're right. I don't take a ton off of the second game, both injury and players that weren't playing. And, and I think the Eagles got up early and kind of shut it down, right? Um, and even the players that weren't, quote-unquote, injured, like a Miles Sanders, didn't get, didn't get a lot of run. And we didn't really see a full Giants team, right? Like literally almost saw no starters. Um, so here's the positive if you're an Eagles fan. When, if we play up to not our best, just up to our potential, we win this game. Like, like there's very few teams that can match us in terms of talent on the football field. 49ers, I think, being one of them. And then on the other side, I think Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. But I say that because if we play our game, we beat, we beat the Giants. If we let them get in our heads, if we make stupid mistakes, if we turn the ball over, we are going to struggle. And it's going to be a dogfight. Um, it's the playoffs. They're always dogfights. So, you know, again, Saquon is, is a huge point of worry for me, right? So he's the one, the one piece on both sides of the ball because their best defensive assets are Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau, both guys that I think with a great offensive line, we can neutralize, especially Lawrence, who's been wrecking teams in the middle. And we have pro football focus has our three interior guys as top 10 players in this in, in terms of blocking. In fact, Isaac Samawala, who gets no credit at left guard, has been better, arguably, than Landon Dickerson. So I think we can mitigate their defensive strengths. My concern is, and it's always a concern with a guy like Saquon, you made the comment that Emily said, he makes a 30-yard touchdown and looks like a five-yard run. Like we have to contain him. Um, so we have to win at the line of scrimmage, which we're capable of doing. That's our strength on defense. I think we have a good defense top to bottom. Um, so if we can slow down Saquon, I don't really think this is much of a game. It's going to be – it's an NFL. It's going to be – not going to be a blowout, right? But, you know, we, we're good enough. We're good enough to beat this team if we play our game. Yeah. I think a couple things. You mentioned injuries. Jordan Davis obviously missed a bunch of games when the run defense looked terrible. Came back for that Titans game, the first Giants game. That made a huge difference with Henry, with Saquon. He's out for this game, so that's going to be a real big question, right? Of can Linval Joseph, can Nagamak and Sue, like the reasons they signed these guys, will they step up to that? How will that defensive line look in terms of containing him, just like you said? And then Lane Johnson, right? He didn't play the last couple games. He missed it with his ab injury. He's coming back for this. He elected not to get surgery. What will he look like? And I think you're right on how the offensive line has looked at times, even when he's been out. But it really is just that, you know, a question mark there to see how well can they contain Jalen. I think seeing what he can do, he's fully off the injury report and everything there. And is he at, you know, is he is is he completely off the leash? What will we see out of there? I think is another huge part offensively. And really, how 
you know, how unleashed is the passing game, right? Of seeing what A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, who's had a really great second half and a really great second year in the league, and seeing what they can do and and really not to get, you know, too, I guess, elementary, but what does Dallas Goddard do in terms of when he's, you know, fully in there, Jack Stoll, you know, how do they work in the tight ends? That's something that before Goddard got hurt and a little bit after with Jack Stoll, you saw a little bit of that. We've seen a little of the two tight end packages and seeing what they can do, but it'll be really interesting, right? To see how they come out with that. 30, 30 first ranked team against tight ends, the Giants. Really? And yeah, they're not good. They don't have linebackers that can stay with them. Um, their secondary is weak overall anyway. So I think, you know, Jalen should be able to find success there. Um, and I think Dallas Goddard has been, because he was injured, he's almost like a weird afterthought, I think, right? He, and Smith and, and Brown yeah. were so good um, that he's a huge piece of this puzzle offensively. And when you get him going, that means your your play action pass game is, is working really well. These um, PROs, pass run options, as I think Dan, I'll give credit to Dan Orlowski for bringing that up. Like, hey, this is a thing where like, Hertz will drop back and like make a quick decision, then hand the ball off. Like, this is where we can just mangle this Giants defense. Um, you know, is is you make a great point. Like, I, I think I think Dallas Goddard's almost not being talked about enough for his abilities. And you know, he's a six to seven catch guy. He'll get you about eighty five yards, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but from a tight end, that's fantastic. Jeez. And that forces linebackers, defensive linemen, safeties to take an extra second. Right? Is Goddard blocking or not? He's a great blocker. Like. All that is so important. So I think that's a great point you bring up there. Yeah. And I think, you know, the the elephant in the room, to be oxymoronic, the giant killer himself. Dal- Boston, Boston Scott. Boston Scott. still a profile. city's name. No, I know, I know. Yeah. You're fine. Still a city name. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we you mentioned Miles Sanders and, and kind of just a lack of really post the first Giants game of really being utilized. He was barely used in the, in the Bears game, didn't have a great game against the Cowboys, and then kind of disappeared the last couple of weeks. But the run game, it is important. And, you know, Boston Scott touched down every Giants game. But establishing that well outside of Hurts and the designed runs or when, you know, yeah. the RPOs, him running, is such an important part to it. Not Again, not to sound too elementary in how football works because it's evolved so much in the spread offense, especially with a dynamic guy like Hurts. But seeing how they can go in there and set that up with Sanders, with Gainwell, with Scott, it's going to be important. No, it is. I think, I think too, and I'm not, when I mean, like we need, Jalen needs to run against the 49ers against, uh, you know, a, a, a Bills defense, even like, 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 look, let's, let's, let's just not look ahead, but say like this game needs to be won by running backs because we need to continue to keep Jalen healthy. Sure. Right. And again, he's got to run. If we need him to run, he's got to run. So at the end of the day, if you got, if you, if the offense is sputtering, let him run. Right. Sure. Um, but I'm with you. Like we got to get that running. Get, you got to get, you got to get Sanders going. He's kind of the workhorse. You're probably going to see a lot. Nick Suriani is really a two running back guy. So if Scott's playing game. Well, probably doesn't get as many carries, Sure. but let's not do this thing where we give him the ball once or twice. And then like for the rest of the first half, Let's give him five. Let's give him ten carries. Sanders, that is, in the first half, right? Like, let's yeah. get the ground game moving, and let the ground game free up Jalen to run unobstructed, right? To not have so that's designed QB pure QB runs concern me. RPOs and and scrambles, fine with those. 
those those kind of hike the ball and already going like a QB power. I, I, we need to try to avoid those. Not just just I just don't think that's a good recipe anyway in football anymore. So, yeah. um, but I think they're going to come up with a great game plan. Like uh, they've got plenty of time. They've seen this team a bunch. They know its weaknesses. Um, it's a it's a you mentioned great crank fundamentally great team. You took, I think. My, you took the point I was going to make. That's what they did during the bye week. They yeah. went over the fundamentals. Jason Kelsey came right. up and said, we've not been doing the little things right. I love doing the little things. Yeah. I love being perfect at those. And that's what they did during this week. It's what they did five years ago when they went on the Super Bowl run. But, and I, but I think that's what I think that's what Dables I think that's what a Dables Giants team does too. They just don't have the talent sure. that the Eagles do. And I think any Giants fan would tell you that. And they don't mean it. By the way, talent helps. It doesn't win. Right. Look, I've just we've watched Tom Brady for enough years. He's not the most talented quarterback ever. Right. He's with sure the so, fastest. Right. But you know what he does? All looking the, in underwear. He, did, at least he wasn't. He did, he did all the little things. Right. You think of a Jerry Rice. Right. Was Jerry Rice as big as Megatron? No. Was he as fast as Tyree Kill? No. Did he have DeAndre Hopkins hands? No. But he did every little thing right. He made every move right. So like. When you think about the best to ever do it, and I, I just like a general statement, we're getting a little hypothetical here, but we just have to be <clears throat> fundamentally equal with the Giants, and we beat them because we're more talented. We're just like every position other than running back. I think we're better at every position than the Giants. Yeah, <clears throat> and I don't think it's that Saquon's a great talent, but if you're going to tell me one position to be worse at, that's the one I'm picking. Sure, I just don't think it matters as much, right? Yeah. Not that I don't care. And he scares the shit out of me, by the way. But yeah, so that being said, and we didn't we didn't mention either on on their offensive side. We mentioned the, the wide receivers. Daniel Jones, they started the year with him running a ton as well, and they've kind of come back to that as the year went on. And they, you know, were kind of backsliding into the playoffs, but they did that last last week as well to a good amount of success against a Vikings team that, again, their defense was not good. That's something, though, that you need to keep an eye out on, and I think the Eagles have enough enough presence at outside linebacker slash edge rusher because you see Hassan Reddick obviously do both as a linebacker. But, like, that's something that needs to be, you know, keep an eye out on because if you get Slayton and Hodges rolling, that's what opens it up for, for Jones and certainly opens up for Saquon. So it's something to, something to keep an eye out on if you're an Eagles fan. If they start the game with, more passing, that's what they were doing, right? They were passing a lot on first down. That might be something in third and five, you know, in the Taylor Heineke game, the, the first game the Eagles lost. That was something they were doing a lot. And obviously Heineke was drawing penalties and stuff like that and bad turnovers by the Eagles and all that. But just something to keep an eye out on. Just be, again, it's going to be really elementary, really fundamental. Take care of the ball. Keep an eye on the quarterback and just keep guys in front of you almost use what they yeah. did against the Giants or against the Vikings, the Giants did to, to your advantage, right? Like focus in on the superstar and go from there. I think, I mean, to, to kind of polish off our Eagles talk, the, the controlling a quarterback running a couple of things. One, you have to have smart focused pass rushers. So you need Brandon Graham and Reddick and the guys in the middle to stay in their gaps and know that they're talented enough to beat their guys one-on-one -on -one in their spots. Right that keeps the running lanes down, that's important, right? And then two, you've got the talent between Edwards, TJ Edwards, the linebacker, and CJ Garner-Johnson, the safety, and F they're fast and distinctive. They'll, they'll get to him. But I think the one big difference that we have over the Vikings, 
Uh, the pass rush is ferocious. If that's important, yep. Slay and Bradbury, and hopefully, fingers crossed, Maddox, but even if not, Gardner Johnson are such better coverage guys than the Vikings rolled out that you can you can utilize less defensive backs for the receivers and have those guys watching the quarterback. And if you can do that, then the guy can't run, right? Because That's such a good point. And he's not Michael Vick, right? He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not lightning fast, right? He's not he's not slow. I'm not Daniel just not slow, but he's not he's not a world class sprinter. So fast a linebacker ever, is going to stay that is true. But I guess my point is he's not beating a lot of guys one-on-one with moves if they're prepared for it, right? Yeah. So I think we have the secondary between Bradbury Slay and Gardner Johnson and hopefully Maddox to, to hang with their their less talented receiver core and, and limit Jones. Um, that, and that's a huge deal, right? All that being said, Eagles minus seven and a half is a total trap line. Stay away from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Total trap. By the way, I, I – the Giants can easily cover that game, and the Eagles can still win comfortably. The Eagles can win Eagles the game by 28-21. They could win it by seven points. Yeah, and, and I think that's very possible, right? I hope it's 35-7. to seven. Like That'd be great. But it would be great. It's a playoff game. It's going to be tight, and some key plays are going to have to be made. I just think we, I think we have the ability to make more key plays. Also, the tied for second highest over between the Eagles and the Giants just does – like, I, I get it with – the Niners and Cowboys, uh, that's the lowest because how good the, the Niners' yeah. defense is. But on the Bengals, Bills, I mean, that's uh, that's a Super Bowl, you know, participant and a super talented Bills team. That's what I'm I, saying, I, though. I They're tied with them for the second highest. They're, I, I'm, so, I'm actually surprised by that Bills-Bengals line. But I, we're going to – you want to talk about that game now? Yeah, Four? let's talk about that game now. Let's make the let's, – okay. let's talk about this quick. Sure. Make the picks. Yeah, this game is, is really interesting. Matchup? Is it the best matchup? Yeah, it is. It's easy. Quarterback the best wise, matchup. it definitely is. Yeah, it's, it's easily the yeah. best matchup. Okay. Although I don't think it gets as much views as Dallas Dallas 49ers. But no, no it just came out that bad. Brady versus the Cowboys is the highest what's it, the right. highest Monday night uh highest yeah. ESPN game ever. Sure. Dallas Dallas 49ers will get more viewers than Bengals Bills. It just it just will. Yeah. For yeah, anyway. Yeah, I know. I mean but, there's a reason why we're getting Joe Davis and they're getting Burkhardt and Olsen. <laughs> right. Yeah. So go for it. G- give me your give me your Bengals Bills breakdown. Yeah. So you mentioned it, two really good quarterbacks, interesting wide receiver breakdowns. Right. Of we've seen with the Bills, Stefan Diggs has been Stefan Diggs and, and done at times. Right. He had kind of a weird second half, but last week still still a factor. Cole Beasley has been so much more and more of a factor since they picked him up, which I think is something to keep an eye out on. Right. He was when Josh Allen was first a rookie. He was almost like a mobile tight end, a guy that does these like two yard dink and dunks and then just takes off with it. And you've seen him to use your word of regression, fall back into that role, Josh Allen using him that way. But that is something interesting to keep at, keep an eye out on. Cause you're, you mentioned this last week with the Bengals, that their defense has gotten better and better. And last week we saw them for the most part, do what they could against a two and a 2.5 quarterback. And now they're they're facing you know one of the faces of the league in Buffalo, everything there. On the other side of the ball, the Bengals' offense with their dynam- dynamicism, with their wide receivers, is so it, it has the edge there between Higgins, who apparently today is apparently his birthday. I saw that on PTI today when I was eating dinner with my wife. Um, P.J. Wellahans in Havertown. Great. Free free ad there. 
But um, for those that were wondering why I was watching TV with my wife. But um, but obviously, Jamar Chase, you have Tyler Boyd. He's a big sports fan. I, I get it. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Tyler go ahead. Boyd, who's had an up and down year. I mentioned the running backs, and I think that's something that's really interesting to look at because we mentioned it a week ago with the Bills defense. If they have been healthier and healthier, and I think that's where this game lie, comes down to and where it lies is how do the Bills contain both P. Ryan, got it this time, and Joe Mixon, and seeing how that goes. Because this game could easily be another game. Last week, we didn't even mention it, all the points last week. All these different games that were over 60 points, including Niners, <laughs> Niners and the Seahawks. It wasn't until Sunday Night Football that we didn't get the 60, the 60 mark. But, um, or I guess, the or all the overs hit. But, because the Vikings-Giants was 55. But, this is a game that could easily be up there in terms of points. The Chiefs and the Jaguars is the highest, which we'll talk about in a second. But if the Bengals running backs are getting this thing going, and a lot of this comes down to the to the offensive line that's been, it was revamped, and then it wasn't, and then it was back, and now they're hurt, right? And I know that's a really, really dynamite analysis take on it. But they're banged up, and you saw that a little bit last week in the Bengals in the Bengals offense, and they made it work last year. But if they're able to to move that line of scrimmage and get the running game going, again, as elementary as a take as that is, they can stay right in this game and it becomes a who has the ball last type of game. But if not, the Bills have a significant advantage, I feel like. The offensive line is such a big deal, yeah. you know, and that's really I think where this line is. I think that the, the the money line is moving because of the offensive line. Um, to your point, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a huge, huge situation. They can't run. Um, they can't. They, they, they can't run the ball. They can't, and they also when they when the Bengals can't run the ball, they also can't set up the deep pass. I sure. think that's almost overlooked. And Chase is a lot more Hayden Hurst for a reason, right? Right, right. And you can't play action goes away. Um, so I think that's a huge, to your point, I think that's a huge deal. And and I think that's, so every every great quarterback when they're on a great run kind of has a bailout guy. And I think that's actually not to go, not to take a step back. I think it's with Hurt Brady a little bit is that his bailout guy in New England was always that slot guy, right? Whoever yeah, Russell that Russell Gage was. got hurt. Russell Gage right, Russell was Gage that guy for the Bucks, been, yeah. in, He's been in and out all year. And I think Brady made a mistake of not going to like a Mike Evans, just throwing the ball to Mike Evans. Yeah. Right. But that was the Gronk. That was Edelman. That was Welker, Edelman, Gronk. He always had a guy that when, when, when stuff hit the fan, that's where the ball was going. And for, for the Eagles, it's actually Jalen Hurts' legs, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned with, with Josh Allen, it's his legs, but Cole Beasley's kind of stepped into that role. Um, and Burrow does it with Boyd kind of being up and down this year. His go-to is Jamar. And Jamar's, I mean, I would take Chase in a heartbeat, right? Yep. I love Devonta. Probably take Chase over Devonta. That's oh, not absolutely. a relative game here, yeah. right? Right. But he's he. While I think he can run every route a route tree, he's been more of a deep ball receiver for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they get pressure, Joe Burrow's not. He's not nimble. He's faster than than the statues that were Brady and Breeze and Manning. But he's not a. He's not even a Mahomes scrambler. Not bad. Just not. He's not going to use his. Uh, again, who's his out when the going gets tough? Yeah. And I don't know if he has that right now, to your point, because of the injuries to the offensive line. Whereas Josh Allen can make things, when the going gets tough, he can move. And the Cole Beasley addition has quietly been really successful for them. Um, he's kind of taken over the I- Isaiah McKenzie snaps. 
Yeah. And you've seen that kind of performance, you know. So if he takes care of the football, <laughs> um, I love this game, though. I mean, it's going to be fun. And yeah, I think both defenses are, are talented. You know, I was kind of a Bengals hater. We talked about this. I didn't like their defense. They yep. certainly outplayed what I thought they would do. Um, that be, I, I think guys that hurt them, I, I, I think the Bills can have, still have some success against this Bengals defense. Um, and this Bills defense is good. I mean, they don't have Von Miller, but Gregory Rousseau, Edmonds and Milano in the middle. Yep. Yeah, they've got Milano a had a great talent. game. Yeah. It kind of goes under he the did. radar because oh, of how how bad yeah. the Bills offense was at controlling the ball, but he had a great game. No, I, I think Milano is one of the more underrated defenders in the league. Um, no, he's wonderful. I will tell you though, but we didn't talk picks. We're both picking the Eagles, right? Yeah, we're both picking the Eagles. All right. Um, I'm actually taking the Bengals in this game. Okay. Wow. I just I just I just praise the Bills a lot. But I go back to watching the slow, in my mind, the slow regression of Josh Allen in terms of ball security. I am not high on that. changed my pick. I was going to take the Bengals because you're a Bengals hater. But I'm going to take the Bills so so we have a little fight. Joe Burrow has totally sold me. I love Joe Burrow. This year. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking man. But the turnover situation with Josh Allen hasn't stopped. Like, it's not not like he played great last week. He turned the ball over. and, and. Against a, a, an undermanned Dolphins team, in particular a wide receiver, he got away with it. Yep. The, the Bengals will pounce on that. They're an opportunistic defense as it is. Uh, I'm concerned. I don't think the Bills have played great football really in the second half of the season. They've had good wins. They've had great wins. But they haven't been that complete team. And I, I heard I heard somebody say it. They're, they're like a knockout punch fighter. If they I don't like win that. big, they don't win. And I don't okay. see how they win. So – I have concerns about the Bills. I know they're at home. I, we can, I can get it to, to you with Greg about, you know, the emotional stuff. But <laughs> Hamlin's, I, I, they had that last week. And so, again, I, I, I am high on, I'm high on the Bengals in this game. I'm taking the Bengals. It's close for me. It's the best matchup, I think, of the weekend. Um, but I'm going to take the Bengals. Okay. I'm taking the Bills. I, like, I love their offense. I, the turnover concerns are... Very valid, but I'm taking the Bills here. We'll keep it moving, though. I feel like these last two games are going to be a little quicker, at least this next one. Casey Jacksonville. The Jaguars, great comeback. We talked about that. But the Chiefs. The Chiefs look like they're ready to get back into the limelight. Well, solely based on, I mean, to me, I'm picking the quarterback here. Exactly. And Patrick Mahomes, by the way, very rarely do you see somebody – usually we, we grew up watching people try to mimic Tom Brady. He he threw him a Mahomes pass. He did. That little shovel to White. That, yep. So, right, I mean, Mahomes to me is the clear number one quarterback in this league. Oh, yeah. You know. Has been for a bit. Just all the way, right? So, I'm all in on Mahomes in this one. Uh, I think Jacksonville may – I don't think it's – so I don't think it's a cakewalk because I think Trevor Lawrence can't play much worse than he did in the first half. But I do think this is a really good just, – it's just a – I think a, this might be a reverse of last week for Jacksonville. We've seen it so often with the Chiefs of they get down and then they just step on the pedal. Yeah, you think they come out? Yeah, go ahead. Beat the absolute piss out of teams. This might be sure. a thanks for coming out Chiefs type of game. Like Jacksonville okay. comes up like 
13, maybe even 17 nothing, maybe 17 to okay. 3. And then Mahomes sure. in late second quarter, start of the third quarter, little and this game's this game's tough. The thing that the thing that I would come back to a lot as well is just we haven't had a explosive Travis Kelsey game in a while. And I don't know where Jacksonville can stop that. That's just such a it's such a concern in that regard. I, I mean that's a good point to the Travis Kelsey thing. He's been kind of quiet after yeah. a really big kind of like middle of the pack um middle of the season run. Um and you know we see other guys step up for the Chiefs, obviously. I mean this this is just a it's almost like a Patrick Mahomes symphony. Like yeah. he's just got this orchestra of receivers that just can can dominate at, like not as an individual but as a whole, right? Juju, Scantley, Hardman, Sky Moore, uh Valdez Scantley. Yeah. Scantling. 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 Did I say yeah, Scantley? Yeah, I said Scantley, yeah. didn't I? Said yeah, he's ah, just got this plethora of of receivers who can hurt you. I don't think I even mentioned Juju. Anyway, so I think that's that's so important um in this game. And and he's just it's just a wave a wave and wave of Mahomes magic. Yeah. Um I, I think that they're a flawed team. Like they're not the most complete roster, not even close. I mean, no. I would argue the Bills are more complete. Uh, you could even argue that Nate, you could almost say that the that the um the There's Jaguars a reason the Bills and Bengals talent. both beat them. Right, and they they right. took advantage of the holes, right? Right. But now we're in the playoffs, things tighten up and they they probably have the best head coach in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, that's Did fair. Do you agree? That's okay. fair. I mean, yeah, I like good. McDermott. McDermott's a pretty good head coach. Zach Taylor's rising up there, but sure. yeah, Andy Reid just, you know, just, all yeah. the experience. I mean, if Shan- if we'll get to the Cowboy, or the uh, Cowboys and the 49ers in a second, but if Shanahan gets it done, he's got to be up towards the top, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. He's already up there. He's probably he's up there. He's high, uh, but the, the yes. track record of blown Super Bowls really hurts him. Oh, it does. I, yeah, no one really talks about that either, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's go, let's to, that go to that game. Let's go to that game. Yeah. Niners. We're both taking the Chiefs, by the way. Yeah, we're both taking the Chiefs. Okay. Niner, we're both taking the Niners, spoiler alert. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the thing that's so interesting about this game, and Dak is a better quarterback than Geno Smith is, but arguably the wide receiver cores of both of those teams, and, and certainly not the running back cores because it was a rookie with, with Seattle that became their feature back in Kenneth Walker, versus a Pollard and Zeke combo that, frankly, wasn't even really used and didn't need to be used that much because CeeDee Lamb had such a good game. The wide receiver core is so similar to what Seattle leaned on for a while in this season that I feel like this this could get out of hand quick for the Cowboys. Well, I think the 49ers just match up really well Yeah, against the Cowboys, right? They've got the, uh, the linebackers to handle Pollard and Zeke. Um, they, their pass rush is good enough to handle... You know this, this. Whatever, yeah, whatever Jack can throw at you, whether it's his feet well, right. or the dink and dunk type shit. Yep. And then offensively, you know, the scheming can take away a lot of what Tampa Bay had a very kind of traditional offense in my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, this is a fun movement offense for the 49ers, which includes McCaffrey, you know, Kittle, McCaffrey, Samuel, did, Kittle. Didn't have a huge oh, offensive Eliza night. Mitchell, uh, Eliza Mitchell's just back. 
Yeah. I didn't even know that, and I think I feel like I'm pretty up to date on things. He's been back for a while me. too, but McCaffrey's just been really? the guy. Okay, yeah. I missed all that. So I think, and I think they can mitigate Micah Parsons to an extent here, and that's that's important. Well, the thing um, you always talk about is how do you neutralize a, a good edge rusher? Run at them, and they can do that in a lot of different ways. Right. Yep. Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey. So, to your point, like I think this is a I think this is a tough matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if they play their best, they are good enough to beat the 49ers. But if the 49ers play up to their normal stuff, this I think this is uh, not, not, a, not a super easy victory. I just think Micah Parsons is too good. He's not going to end a couple drives early. Yeah. Like that's just like he, sorry, he's going to end a couple drives before they should. And like I just watching him play, I hate it because I loved him in like. He's yeah, a Penn Stater. I like the guy. He's just on the yeah. worst possible team. But yeah. we're both taking, both taking the 49ers here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Matt, thank you for hopping on. Of course. This was a blast. And go birds. Yes, sir. Go birds. Oh, yeah. Can't wait, man. We got this. Are you going? I am going. Oh, my man. I'll be there loud and proud, my friend. I love it. A special thanks again to Matty D for hopping on. It means a ton that he was able to squeeze us in with his busy schedule. But we will be back next week to talk about the conference championship week. My favorite week of the playoffs. Hopefully the birds are moving on. But enjoy this weekend of football. Subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods. Social media, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, ThunderBLG on Twitter, all that good stuff. But have a great weekend, and fly, Eagles. Fly, baby!